Thanks for coming. Um, Coach Moore will have some uh, general overview comments uh, of the day, and then uh, be glad to take your questions. Also, if you have a question, please raise your hand so we can get a microphone to you. And reminder, no live streaming. Thanks, Claude. Um, excited about today. You know, it was kind of anticlimactic with the fact that we had had most of the guys uh, signed um, as uh, mid-year guys. So a lot of early enrollees, a lot of early signees. But I think um, one of the things that helped us today was the fact that we knocked a lot of the work out uh, in December. And I think when anytime you're able to do that, you're really able to focus your attention on 2019, 2020. We had a lot of uh, junior days and sophomore days uh, in here on the Saturdays leading up to today. So that was a big advantage for us to get ahead. But we were able to focus a lot of our contact attention on the uh, four or five guys we needed to target for the remainder of our class. But um, obviously, I'm excited about the class. And I know all you guys want to talk about the ranking. That really does not uh, float my boat or the staff's boat. I don't think that's what's important. What's more important is the quality of kids we were able to get um, both academically and athletically. That's what excites me most about them. Um, the fact that 10 of these guys got over a 3.0 core GPA, we haven't had that in a long time. You know, the fact that three of these guys got offered uh, scholarships to um, Ivy League schools, that impresses me a lot. 25 of these 26 play multiple sports. And I think we all know the indicators of playing multiple sports. Um, you know, 13 of the 26 played for a state championship. So when you start looking at those things, they're winners. Uh, they're a tight-knit group, really unselfish. Some of these kids went and watched other kids in the state championship game. Several of them went to uh, other guys' surgeries when they had uh, surgeries for uh, injuries, which we had several guys have. So they're a unique group. I'm excited about them. But the chore for them is to get past this and move on. And uh, I'm excited about what they bring to our team. But they also got a lot of big shoes to fill of some great young men that just left our program. So with that, I'll open it up for questions. Hands up for a microphone. Kirby, when the early signing period was instituted, a lot of people were uncertain about it. I don't know that SEC coaches were crazy about it. Having gone through a cycle, do you think it's worked? Uh, do you, would you change anything about it next year? Yeah, you know, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to argue with the results we were able to achieve. I think um, it was a blessing to be in the situation we were in, meaning we lost a week on the road recruiting because of the SEC championship game. I would think people that didn't play in the SEC championship game would get a huge advantage by being out that week, that close to a signing date. You know, that was really kind of two weeks or three weeks from a signing signing date, and they were able to get a little bit of an advantage. We lost that, but we also gained the momentum of the exposure. Um, so I like that part of it. But preparing for a college football playoff and having that early signing period is really challenging to focus and uh, get the, the attention of the coaching staff and the support staff in the right direction. So there were some challenges there for it, but I really don't think it's about us. I think it's about the student athletes. Was it better for them? And I think if you ask that question, for some it may have been. Uh, I actually think that what happened is it narrowed the scope of a lot of the top programs onto certain guys, and it created more pressure on the remainder of the people who weren't signed. So the pressure went from being dispersed among 20 players to being on three or four players for every team. And that was tough to go through that with some of the families on the guys you finished with because they had a big burden on them. Um, but I think you'd have to poll those those other kids out there and say, hey, was it beneficial for you? High school coaches, I think they think it was beneficial. 
As a follow-up to that, do you expect the majority of signees to continue to go in the early period uh, next December and, and in the following years? I think it'll be interesting. I think to each his own. I think some kids enjoyed that. Some kids wanted to take their visits. We had these 13 to 26 that played in state championship games. They lost their ability to go on visits, especially in the state of Georgia where the state championships got extended another week due to weather. So that, that, that whole time period was really tough. Um, for a lot of kids because they lost chances to go on visits. They had to make a quick decision. I think there was a lot of pressure from your, uh, I don't want to say lower tier programs, but there's a lot of kids we came across that said, they're telling me if I don't sign right now, I'm going to lose my scholarship. So there was no ability to go back and reevaluate or go on visits. They knew they had to sign if they wanted their spot. And that that's good for those, those other programs. They were able to get their work done and be done and have their classes signed. Um, Coach, uh, focusing on AS. Pacific player here. I mean, what did you see when uh, recruiting Tommy Bush, a six foot five guy, uh, one of the taller receivers that you've been able to uh, recruit, and being sort of out of the southeastern area? I mean, what did you see in recruiting him and his talents and his character? And well, I fell in love with Tommy the first time that I, I met him and saw him. He came. He was coming through uh, doing a southeastern tour, and he came with his mother and father. They were very serious about the uh, process. They were uh, very professional. They came, wanted to see different parts of academics. They wanted to, to look around, walk around campus, and we got to spend a lot of time with him. I knew right away that he was uh, a great kid. Um, obviously, his stature uh, is a big thing for us. We were able to have success with Javon this year, and you're sitting there going, how do you replace those back shoulder throws? How do you replace those catches? I mean, you got to find somebody, and here's a kid that probably was uh, – he didn't get as many throws in high school as you'd like to have, um, but when he was on the camp circuit and he was on a lot of the workout circuits, he did a tremendous job. You know, he's a 21-4, 21-3, 200-meter guy that – I know and have a lot of respect for track speed. And uh, when you have that much size and that much speed, you're a pretty good football player. And he's got great academics, too, and comes from a good family. Kirby, I know you were able to work on uh, 19 and 20 uh, classes as well uh, with uh, a lot of your guys already signed. The four guys you added today that weren't committed previously, uh, did you feel good in the last 72 hours that you were going to get them? Or was there anyone you're kind of on pins and needles about? Have you looked at my face? I have not slept much lately, so I mean, it was a, a it was a sleep deprivation. It was a lot of work. I want to give uh, our staff and uh, the support at this university academically a lot of thanks because without the support of the people on this campus, this university academically and athletically, none of this would be possible. But our coaching staff did a tremendous job. You know, there was some time yesterday that we might have only signed one guy today. And it all changed um, throughout the last really 48 hours. And that's kind of the thing I was talking about with the amount of pressure these kids are under at the finish line. And it's really tough on them. Um, but uh, excited about the guys we were able to get. Curry, just one about the six guys you did sign today. How does each of those help fill uh, some specific needs you really wanting to get, get accomplished? Well, we felt like we needed a receiver. And we were going to go out and say who's the best receiver still available and try to target those those guys. And, and we needed that only bringing one in, losing four next year. So one of the biggest needs we have on our board is for wide receiver 
after next year. So we're sitting here saying, here's two coming in, and both those guys will compete and have a chance to come in and play, but we're going to need that moving forward in the 2019 class. So that was big. Um, you know, I think obviously the corner position was a position and DB position was one that we wanted to fill. We felt like we kind of had every box checked. Maybe the safety box was one that was missing, and uh, we were able to fill some of those needs today as well. Kirby, it looks like y'all have signed six guys in this class over 300 pounds, five guys in last year's class over 300 pounds. Obviously, they need to be able to move with that size and everything, but why was it a priority for you and your staff to go out and get guys that kind of pass that threshold? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a priority to get them over 300 pounds. It's a priority to get really good football players. Isaiah Wynn was not a guy that was over 300 pounds when he came out, and he proved to be an excellent football player. Um, so I think it's more about the guys we're going after. We don't target them based on weight. Um, we do target them based on some height and some uh, specific uh, descriptions for each position we have. Um, I think Sam Pittman has proved again that he does a tremendous job recruiting the offensive line. And same thing with our defensive line. We're able to get some guys we think are really big. And in our league, the, the best teams you play are the teams that got size and stature and able to win the line of scrimmage. We've made no bones about it that you've got to win the line of scrimmage in this conference. and. That's an area we've tried to target. Thank you. Uh, Kirby, I know you said the, the ranking of the class doesn't float your boat. There are probably a lot of fans who are pretty excited about it. What does it say about the University of Georgia and this program to have a, a class filled with such sought-after guys? Well, I think it's great. I think it's great for the fan base, but I'd trade that number one ranking for the last number one ranking in the in the, in, in the college football poll. So that's what's important is what you do on the field. And that's what will be measured by as coaches, what we're able to do with this class, what they're able to do in development. And, you know, that's that's the key ingredient is what can you do with these guys nutritionally, strength and conditioning, uh, academically, and even mentally. Mental conditioning is a big part for us. So I'm a lot more concerned with that than, than where, how many stars they got by their name. Kirby, I think there's still a lot of confusion based on numbers now, recruiting numbers. Obviously, you guys got a lot of guys. You said you went into the day, maybe maybe you only get one. Were you sweating out numbers at the end of the day? Did you end up having to tell a couple of guys, we don't have any more room, I'm sorry, that, that might have been holding letters of intent for you? No, we don't, we don't sweat numbers. I mean, we, we, we do the best we can to get the best players we can, and we do a real good job of evaluating them. Um, we try to get every good football player we can that can make our program better. And that's our goal each and every year is to upgrade that in character, academics, and on the football field. Kirby, after a couple full years now, uh, full recruiting cycles, how have you seen kind of your pitch change and just the recruiting as a program as a whole? What have you seen change in those past couple of years? You know, I don't think it ever changes when you've got a great product. I think you've got to kind of morph that. You've got to change the message. I think sometimes you've got to be able to tell them, hey, look, when we were eight and five, a lot of the signing class sat in my office and said, where's this program headed? And for us to have the timing of the momentum we had with the season we had combined with what we thought was a tremendous class, it was a, it was a perfect storm because here you are winning at the end when all kids got to decide, which is early signing period. Boom, we do that. We go out and have one of the most visible games in all of college football this year in the Rose Bowl, and that's when a lot of kids, were, they, they are very impacted by those games. They watch those games. To watch the national championship, there's so many kids that talked about how they viewed that game and saw that game, and they were pulling for the University of Georgia. They wanted us to be successful and win, and when you've got leaders in your class like a guy like Justin Fields, it helps tremendously. Kirby, uh, what do you like about Tyson Campbell? Um, 
how does he fit into your defense? And then also with Otis Reese, um, I saw you guys listed him as a safety. Does he project to, to be a safety? And how do you also see him fitting in? Yeah, uh, Tyson Campbell, what's not to love? First of all, he's an extremely high-character kid. This process was uh, took its toll on he and his family because he's a great kid. Um, he's from a, a wonderful school that supplied University of Georgia with some really good players uh, from American Heritage. And uh, he's a, he's, he's a bright-eyed kid that enjoyed the process. He's a great track athlete, 10-4, 100 meters. And I don't know if you know much about that, but that's faster than pretty much anybody you know we've got on our team right now. And um, he's big. So he's big and he's fast. He's 20. 200 meters. I mean, the guy can fly, and he's really competitive. So, obviously, we know what the stature and the size bring. But more important than that on Tyson Campbell is his intangibles. And uh, there's some other good DBs that we're able to bring in. We're excited about our, our guys that were here mid-year and uh, excited about Nadab and some other guys. So, we're really excited about the DBs as a whole. It's an area that we felt like we could improve our team, and we were able to do it through recruiting. And then Otis, you know, he brings a force. He brings some contact toughness. He brings some size and stature to the safety position that, you know, we, we've had success, both Coach Tucker and myself, coaching big guys at safety. So, you know, a lot of people list this guy outside linebacker and inside linebacker. I mean, he's the size that the safety should be. Now, he could grow into something else, but his first position is going to be safety, and we expect him to excel there. He did it at a really high um, competitive level in high school. Coach, I know you've talked been, uh, before about how competitive it gets on the recruiting trail. And if my math is right, it may or may not be. You can correct me if it's not. Y'all flipped five kids to, from the first committed other schools to Georgia. Does that make it even a little more enjoyable from your standpoint, being a competitor to be able to do that and kind of you have to put any extra into it to, to get that to flip like that? Yeah, I, I got that question You know, earlier when I was doing an interview. I, to me, there's no great sensation in flipping a kid because – I don't think it teaches kids the right thing. I think um, we as a coaches and coaches in the profession understand I have tremendous respect for the guy on the other side of that flip. A lot of those guys are my friends. A lot of those guys I worked with. So there is no – it's great for the fans, and they all want to, you know, make a big deal about it. But ultimately, it's really about the relationships we built with that kid all along. You know, the fan thinks that Otis Reese decided last night that he was going to go to Georgia. That wasn't the case. There was a relationship that was developed over the last year. You know, same thing with Quay. I mean, th these are kids that uh, they're torn. It's a tough decision. We make it hard. We make it hard as coaches on them. So when they do the flip, I know there's somebody on the other side of that. I've been on the other side of that. So I'm not one to get into enjoyment of that. I think it's more about what's right for the kid and how is his future going to be best served by going to the University of Georgia academically so that he can set himself up for success in life. Uh, Coach, I've followed up on a – Walker. I would imagine that that was a longer recruiting battle and everything. I mean, uh, what do you see from him as a player at that uh, linebacker position? Well, it was a long recruiting battle. It was not overnight. I mean, it was a situation where, I mean, Quay has been a good player for a long time. A lot of the times these guys commit early. All you do is become the target. And rarely when a kid decommits or gets ready, I mean, they're, they're not going to go back to that same place they just were at, you know. And when you're sitting there with Quay, we knew all along that we were just as much in it as Alabama. We're not deterred by the fact he's committed to somebody. So we do a good job. He's in a, he's in a uh, community down there that's uh, 
it's near the University of Georgia. It's got a lot of University of Georgia fans. So we just did our job, kept being consistent with him and sending him a consistent message. As far as a player, this guy might be the most versatile because you could say he's an outside backer. You could say he's an inside backer. He's a really good pass rusher. He brings a lot of different things um, to the football field. And when you see him run around the basketball court, you realize that he's um, got great athletic ability. And it's a position where, I mean, let's be honest, we lost four starters. Right, two guys on the edge, two guys inside, and Reggie and Roquan. So it gave him an opportunity to come in here and compete at four different positions. Following up on you saying that it was uh, these kids are torn. Um, nevertheless, when they have the attention of the TV camera, it seems obviously a lot of them enjoy a little drama. Um, what was your thought when you saw the orange hat with with Quay, and did you already feel good about it before that? I didn't see it. I didn't. I, I never saw it. I was watching 2019 and 2020 tape at the time, so I didn't actually see it. I did get a text from my wife that she was scared to death when he did that. So um, we've come to, you know, that's their moment in the sun. And some kids know how to handle it and some don't. And to each his own. When they get here, we're going to try to teach them uh, the correct way to handle some things. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's their moment in the sun. That's their family's time and opportunity to uh, – be on TV and, and give the University of Georgia some publicity, and um, I'm happy for Quay and his family. Kirby, uh, kind of going away from recruiting, it was reported today that, that you guys have filled those two uh, assistant coaching jobs. Uh, uh, can you confirm those hirings and, and kind of talk about maybe what those two guys bring to the table? Yeah, we're excited about uh, both the guys coming on the staff. Uh, you know, Scott, obviously you guys know and are familiar with from being in our area. I think Scott Fountain does a tremendous job. He was probably one of the biggest assets in our program last year. Everybody's made a big deal about the turnaround um, in special teams. He was uh, really responsible for coaching our coaches, and he was able to bring us and me some ideas to how we practice um, and uh, some innovative things that he's done, changing what days we did different things and just organizational things that I thought really helped us. So uh, with that, we were able to move up in special teams rankings and do a lot better. And uh, to have him back, I think, is, is phenomenal for us. I think he's proven to be a really good recruiter um, throughout the state of Georgia and also in Florida where he's had some success. So we're excited to, to get him and, back, him and his family back to uh, University of Georgia. I know the coach over at Prince Avenue is really excited because he gets his kids back. So he'll have two starters returning there. Um, and then uh, Cortez, uh, we got to visit and meet with and, and just thought the world of him. He carries himself in a first-class manner the way we want to do things at University of Georgia. Uh, he's a very intellectual guy. He also played the position. And anytime you play the receiver position, I think it helps you tremendously with kids. Um, he was an overachiever as a player. I mean, here's a guy that played on several teams and he kept making teams. He made them through toughness, his route running, his special teams play. And those are all things we want in our, our wide receiver room. So we're excited about both those guys coming Following up. Following up on that uh, with Cortez coming in as a wide receivers coach, what does that mm -hmm. do to the structure, the offensive staff? What happens with with uh, James and, and that'll be to be determined. So we'll determine that in the coming weeks. And we got some a lot of possibilities there because a lot of guys have worked with a lot of different positions. Kirby, can you, uh, another off uh, recruiting question um, with uh, with Natrez and D'Angelo? How are they doing? And do you expect them to be able to contribute uh, this season for you guys? Yeah, I think both those kids are working really hard, um, doing the things we've asked them to do. And um, be honest with you, we're trying to help them as much off the field as on the field right now. Last question. 
Coach, you, you talk about that, uh, the two kids uh, that uh, were commitments coming into today, uh, Tramel Walthour and, um, and Jordan Davis. A lot of people wondered if they, they didn't sign the period, so they must Georgia must not be sure about them. But obviously, you guys uh, uh, wanted them all the way. Yeah, absolutely. We think uh, Jordan is a tremendous football player. He's a great size and uh, great toughness. Same thing with Tramel. I think it's a position of need for us. So those guys are going to fill a great role for us because when you start looking at uh, the SEC, I mean, the, the defensive line is what makes a difference in all these teams, and that's where we want to be. We want to have big physical guys that can rush the passer and push the pocket, and we think both those guys give us that. I do want to finish up with, with one note. You know, I want to – call out the dog nation and call out all the fans because you really think about the tremendous job and give them a thanks as we went across the country and played literally across the country and played and we went to Notre Dame and played played on the road at Vanderbilt played a lot of games where our fan base turned out and uh, did a tremendous job support I think that really helped us with recruiting but now you know G days on Saturday April 21st and as we all know every team that gets a new head coach in the SEC what is the mantra what is the battle cry for their fan base to turn out and really um, represent their teams? We need our fan base, who has done everything we've asked them to do, to turn out April 21st at 4 o'clock and be out there for G-Day in what we expect to be another sellout, packed opportunity to go out and represent the University of Georgia and show these kids in recruiting that it does matter and it is special here. Thanks again. Go dogs.